to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. It's a happy new year, and I've made guacamole, as Mal Blom instructed, so 2019 is looking pretty solid so far. Thank you so much for your patience as I took my annual hibernation, which I mostly spent binging Marvel's Runaways and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I love teen night dramas, but you all already knew that. And it's how I stay young and maybe I've managed to keep the fun going this whole time. But speaking of fun, I guarantee you the most fun record to debut in 2019 is coming out this Friday, and it's by none other than North Carolina's Diva Sweetly. The band is the next evolution of mixed genre high energy fun, the kind that gets you excited in the way that we do when we see Pokemon evolve, at least I think. Uh, the band is comprised of Carly Hartsman, Anderson Reagan, Daniel Gorham, and Brody Rogers who have made the most accessible and energetic music that really just shakes up moods. This week, I'm joined by vocalist and synth player Carly, who shares her experience learning to play keys, meeting her bandmates, finding encouragement in her friends, and her hopes for 2019. On top of that, Diva Sweetly and Seal Mountain Records were kind enough to share two new songs with us this week. You can only hear them on this episode for now. So first up, we have Dancy, Upbeat, and Unforgettable Cult. The song really showcases how much energy is packed into the record in the living room. I think it's the most invigorating song I've ever heard in music. So without any further delay, let's hear some Diva Sweetly and dig into the interview.
Well, welcome Carly to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How is your day going? <laughs> Good. I'm caffeinated as heck, trying to not remember my school starts tomorrow. Oh, wow. Well, the caffeine hopefully will help distract you some. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So far. Yeah, you're in North Carolina, right? Yeah, I live in Asheville right now. Awesome. I've heard good things about Asheville. I've got friends in Charlotte who um, are coming soon. Actually, that's kind of exciting. But no, that's that's cool. I've heard so many good things about the Carolina scene. Yeah, it's a mixed bag, but it's good. That's say. awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited to be able to kind of talk to you slash sort of reunite with you because I got to see you last spring playing with Pictures of Vernon on tour. So yeah, back in the day, one year ago. <laughs> right? It's it's yeah. wild how much has happened over a year. You're telling me. <laughs> I, I Sometimes I think about it and I just get, it makes me feel crazy. It's been such a crazy year. I believe it. Everyone, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no kidding. But it's so cool to have seen you start to develop musically as well in that time period and stuff. How did you kind of get first involved with everybody in Pictures of Vernon? Um, well, we met in high school because they went to like the performing arts high school and I went to the public high school. And I always used to skip school at my high school and go to like their functions and stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love so, it. Yeah. And so one day they had like some sort of performance that I went to and Anderson was there. And I was just talking to them, and they were like, yeah, well, my band's playing a show later if you want to come out. And I was like, yeah, okay. And so, like, the first time I hung out with them and Daniel um, was, like, at a show at New York Pizza in Greensboro, which we just played the first time, like, last week, which is so funny, as Diva Sweetly. And um, I don't know. I guess we all went to the same college after high school. And um, basically, I, I asked if I could go on tour with them just as, like, a friend <laughs> for a few of the tours. And so I just tagged along and was doing, like, making zines and doing interviews and film stuff. And then one day, Anderson was like, I had this dream that you were in the band and, like, you got to be in the band. And I was like, I don't really play, but okay <laughs> and so that's kind of how it all went down it was uh it was a time it was really it felt all very like wacky <laughs> how it all happened <laughs> and, like it could have like if there were like alternate timelines it all could have like easily anywhere not ended up the way it did but it did no kidding well good on anderson for helping you make their dream come true in that sense of you yeah. being in the band that's really cool <laughs> for sure and it sounds like you've been involved in the scene in different ways over this or this whole time, in a sense, because I actually remember, I, I think I bought one of your zines whenever you played St. Pete, and I flipped through that, and I loved all the interviews. I remember, like, seeing Kississippi in there and all kinds of folks that, like, you know, are really big voices now in music, which is so cool that you've yeah. had, like, a hand and been involved and known these people over time. Yeah, it's funny watching them kind of, like, flourish, because I... Yeah, I got to kind of watch all of that happen as a friend and a fan simultaneously. Like, the first time I saw, like, Kississippi, I was like, she's going to take over the world. <laughs> and, like, of course she did.
but I also feel like simultaneously we were becoming like really close as friends, which is just like such an amazing place to be as like a peer and musician and friend and as someone who like we could like inspire each other and like do that together. Same with like all the people in P Daddy and all the those yeah, the people in that like first scene of interviews they did. We all kind of grew together in that way. It's like you can see the future in some way because, I mean, of course you want to support your friends and see them succeed, but, like, all of these people have had really awesome careers take off over the last, like, couple of years. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it's really fun to watch. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned how you met your bandmates through high school and so on, being kind of mm-hmm. in the same community. Um, I'm wondering kind of how you first started to get involved in music itself, like finding independent music to listen to and because everybody kind of has their path to that. Um, I guess, hmm, it's like I started last year as like soon as I got home from the Pictures of Vernon Kississippi tour Mm because I just remember seeing Zoe play solo and being like, I could do that. And so I got like a micro Korg and just started writing songs that like on that and that's when me and Daniel started our other project Wednesday mm-hmm. and recorded all of those songs um and then the Diva Sweetly stuff was literally like just we would hang out and like a lot of this stuff started as like a joke that turned into like serious songwriting like detox was written in like the dead of winter because we were all so sad because it was so cold and Anderson was just playing these chords and I remember just being like what if we did like (laughs) and then they were like but I was kind of just like joking and they were like wait yeah (laughs) songs kind of like just happened after that from there um awesome that you countered like those like because winter winter blues is a real thing you countered it with something very upbeat and like being somebody from the south especially tropical area it suits I feel like so much of the mood that I have down here yeah I'm just (laughs) like I want to throw like a punk rock beach party with that song (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh yeah Yeah. it's yeah the circumstances of that song are so funny because it came out in the middle of winter it was written in the middle of the winter but it's like not a winter song at all. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And there's, I don't know if there's any mention of like warmth or heat, but it, it's in there somehow. It's so um, warm, like just yeah. naturally with your energy. It's like you, you wanted that feeling there. Yeah. It's, you could just definitely hear, like when I hear, I hear just like the desperation for that in our <laughs> like hearts at the time, I guess. Um, and then listening wise on that end, um like before I even started playing I've always like the Sundays I don't they're like this like jingle pop band from the 90s they're like the reason I play music pretty much they're like my biggest inspiration and also Jessica Mayfield is like my favorite songwriter um mostly just any woman in music or like feminine music that just like navigates all the like bullshit into like being able to do that has like really inspired me throughout like all of this um so yeah the list goes on but like that's like the main thing that motivates me and like 
the reason I felt like now was the time I could start playing at all. Yeah, definitely. Because it's like when you have that background of like artists that have shaped you as you've grown up and then you have people within your community, especially your friends that are backing you and encouraging you to play music. That's got to make a world of a difference when it comes to you finding the courage to write and play. For sure. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, and I try to be like the thought of being that person for someone else is like, (laughs) like my biggest, I would say what's motivating me now, like not only like the women and femmes before me who have like laid that groundwork, but like the potential of serving that purpose in the future is like, like it makes me feel like drunk when I think about it. Like I just get so excited. Yeah. For other, like, I don't know. Yeah. And that's like such a, what's so positive about our community is the way we'll kind of like bolster, um, other musicians I feel like definitely that's like such a cool thing I get to I see us doing a lot um and like within our like friends and further past that yeah definitely well it's like I love that you brought that up because one of the things that actually stuck with me last year that really got me motivated to start trying to learn music myself this year is that um I remember actually when you were playing your set at one point you kind of just like address the crowd and you're just like, Hey, anybody can play music. I'm sitting up here with my keys labeled on my synth. And like, (laughs) if I can do it, you can do it. And like speeches, like what you said that night and what I've heard so many friends say also has actually motivated me to start to pick up music. I'm trying to learn bass this year. That's like my resolution (laughs) for 2019 is to learn how to play bass. And like, I'm still figuring it out, but like, you know, it's just, that positivity and that effort to just be inclusive and encourage people. That's amazing. And I love that that's like core to your values in that sense. It's yeah. It's the reason why I'm doing it. I would say completely. And, and it really only takes that one person saying it to like, be like, yeah, like it takes one example of someone um, kind of in a similar position as you Cause it's so easy to look up at someone who's on a stage. They're literally higher up than you on the ground and just be like, I could never be that. Like this person is like on this plane. Like I always just used to look at musicians, especially like male musicians that I couldn't really relate to. Yeah. Um, and just be like, you have to be this to play. You have to have this foundation of playing since you were a kid. Cause no one's going to admit usually that they just started or that they're like still learning. Yeah. And then it takes one person to kind of like level the playing field. And then it's like this wall comes down that you didn't even know was there. And you're just like, like given dirt, like different circumstances, like we could easily switch places and I could be on that stage. Yeah. And like, that's all it takes. I just think it's so, I think that's why people are so, um, there's such a thing of um, fans being taken advantage of in this like business because musicians can sometimes almost be like worshipped in this way that because it seems so far away from where a person in the crowd is at um that they would just be like I need to get close to this person no matter how no matter what and the best way to get close to the life of a musician is just by like playing, even if you don't know how. (laughs) 
And I think that's the most important thing I want to try to say. Like, you don't need to, I don't know. I'm just so, it's, it's been so in my mind all the time, just how, um, like these young female fans are, um, being taken advantage of just cause I think what they really want to do is play ultimately. Yeah. Um, and they, cause they respect these musicians and then it's like this weird thing that ends up happening, um, that we're seeing all the time of people using that power against, I, I guess that's like a whole different conversation, but it's just something I'm noticing. No, it's important. It's important to have that conversation because I think that you're right. I think because people are intimidated sometimes by um, the success or the perceived success of different artists that as a result, they don't know how to approach obtaining something similar, being close to that person. So yeah. they, unfortunately, they're really toxic people in the community. Hopefully they're slowly getting kicked out that yeah. prey on that and prey on that emotion. Absolutely. So it's, it's awesome to hear that you're speaking up about this though, and that this conversation needs to keep happening, that people can kind of just instead focus on bolstering opportunities for those people who are really excited about music. And like, mm. instead of like continuing to foster that like idol culture, instead we can turn it into, Oh, Hey, let's actually encourage these people to become musicians themselves or find what it is that they're really talented at. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many, and even if they weren't playing music, I feel like just knowing that there's other ways to be involved in that community doing like, yeah, that's why I liked doing the interviews and taking photos and yeah, um, that kind of stuff. Cause that's another option too, of like being, of intertwining yourself with the people you respect and love and like want to be involved with like, as friends or whatever you are. like, I don't know. There's so many ways to be involved. Yeah. You can find your voice and your way of being a part of that in that sense. Cause I mean, that was like a part of the reason why I started the podcast. Obviously I wanted to give a platform to people who don't have platforms to use their voices, but also it was like, Hey, this is my way of contributing and being involved. And heck, yeah. I like all the friends I've made doing this thing. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's so sick. I, yeah, I, I'm so excited to be a part of it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, 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 that means a lot to me because you are somebody who's been doing so much of that as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, to kind of backtrack a little bit, I want to ask you a little bit about kind of first getting involved with the, with the project of Diva Sweetly and maybe yeah. like what was your first show like for all of you together? I know you're friends, so it makes it kind of yeah. an interesting dynamic in that sense. Um, well, it depends what, like, first show, I guess, would be, like, um, like, like, be <laughs> officially, because we had, there was the first time I ever played with, like, Anderson and Daniel and Brody was when they were doing this, like, Green Day cover set in all of Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was, like, my first time, like, singing into a microphone in front of a bunch of people. And we were singing, I don't even remember what song it was, but I forgot all of the words and I was just kind of screaming. <laughs> I was really embarrassed that I knew I was supposed to be making sound. But at the, I got off the stage and I was like, I know I fucked that up like so bad, but I want to do, I want to be on stage. Like I was like, that was like intoxicating. And so um, I guess that's when I joined Pictures of Vernon mm -hmm. um, playing Keys, which 
I still, I like, I still have all the keys on there labeled. I still don't really even know how to play technically, but I like, you can still just with that, you can keep playing in spite of that. But, um, so many people do that. That's not something yeah. like to ever feel weird about. Cause like, I mean, I know people who have special like things on like their guitar necks and stuff to where yeah. they can see things. It's like, it's, I, I, I love that you openly talk about that. Cause it's so, it's more common than anybody ever discusses. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely humanizing, I think, too, because it's, like, sometimes you'll look at, when I look at, like, a blank white keyboard, and, like, I, like, my brain starts getting, like, jumbled, Mm -hmm. like, I can't, it just looks like a desert devoid of sound, (laughs) like, I won't know what's going to come out if I press a key, but when I look at my instrument with all of my, like, I have, and, like, stickers and glitter glue all over it now, and all my little labels, I, like, I feel, I look at it, and I feel, like, at home. Yeah. So, it's, like, that stuff matters, and, like, especially when you're on stage, which is, like, kind of the scariest place on earth, like, looking down and seeing yourself, <laughs> kind of, and, like, a friend <laughs> and your instrument yeah. is, like, so important. So, definitely no judgment towards anyone who does that for themselves. I and mean, I whenever, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I played a little bit of music. I played, like, in school band, like, not, like, almost like a school jazz band kind of situation and stuff, and, like, I I remember people, like, being all cocky and about being able to sight read, and I couldn't sight read, and I used to, like, label all the notes and stuff, and that was, like, the only way I could play, and I'm, like, but, like, it was weird. One of those things that people, it was just weird to me that they were snobby about not being able to sight read. And I'm like, Oh no, that's extremely <laughs> common. And like, I wish that I had been actually clever enough to label the different buttons on my flute. Cause that probably would have been even easier for me to play. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. The elitism in that sense is like, oof, that, that hits a nerve with me. <laughs> like yeah. so intensely it's like, and it's so prevalent, especially I feel like, like jazz musicians too, mm-hmm. like nothing, nothing like, obviously against them, but it's, like, this, like, there's certain music that's always considered elevated. Yeah. Sometimes, um, and it's, like, none of it should be at all. (laughs) Like, it's all just people trying to express themselves, and if it gets into the point where you're not trying to express yourself, but you're trying to, like, impress, I don't know. It says a lot about that musician. Yeah, Yeah, because it's, like, I think instead I'm going to feel more of your desperation than I am to actually feel the emotion behind your music, like, Mm -hmm. which I think is a shame. I think people should be more open because that's what makes really powerful art. So you're actually owning who you are, but. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And you you can definitely, like you said, you can tell when, but the difference for sure. Um, but yeah, so I guess to get back to your original question, which I totally keep diverting from. Um, That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess with that first tour, was that the Florida one where I saw you? That might have been the first yeah. tour. Yeah, that was the first tour I ever played. Um, so we started, our very first show was at this bar in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. And I was so nervous. And I still don't really, I still can't really look at the audience, (laughs) but at the time I was like, the thought of looking up from my keyboard, like terrified me so much and then it got progressively better. Um, yeah, our first show was like, I think I like did fine, but I was like, that was horrifying. (laughs) Like that was the craziest thing. And then once we joined up with expert timing, honestly, like I felt so comfortable because they're just so supportive in the audience as audience members and watching them play 
yeah, that was like such an important tour for me, for sure. Like, I love expert timing. I was so glad I got to see them at Fest this year, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're like three of my favorite people probably on the planet, honestly, <laughs> just with how wonderful and supportive and kind they are. Like, to anybody listening, you are out of your mind if you have not heard me talk about expert timing before because I talk about them constantly and yeah. they're wonderful. And check them out, please. If <laughs> you haven't yet, you're. Yeah, but. they just released a record too. So check it uh, out. Glare is amazing. I love it. Yeah. So you've been playing with these people for some time now. Um, and you've worked with Daniel on Wednesday. You've done mm-hmm. some work with pictures of Vernon with Anderson and everybody too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sounds are like, they're similar, but they're still a little bit different. How would you kind of describe Diva Sweetly? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is so, it's such a like mess of um, like inspiration and art four personalities as like me and Brody and Daniel and Anderson that like it's so indecipherable genre wise because we're all kind of equally represented in there um yeah I think Anderson definitely brings like kind of like a radio pop sensibility um because they find a lot of value in that which I love that you can like find um inspiration and something that's so accessible Mm -hmm. um I think that's become more and more important to me um and they also they listen to like I think a lot of the humor in the music comes from them too Daniel's just like and Daniel's listening to a lot of like uh Charlie Bliss and I think that is kind of represented a lot in the record uh Brody just does like crazy a lot like their solo project is like you'd have to listen to it I don't even know how to describe that either but that's in there as well and then I guess my input is like some weird blend of like it's like country pop grunt I listen I've been listening a lot of grunge and like or not listening as much as like writing a bunch of grunge I think I've been becoming like more <laughs> like um prone to writing like darker stuff recently but that's in there I love it yeah eventually I just want to like have my solo stuff just be like black metal like get from like the poppiest lightest (laughs) like music to just like the darkest muckiest like I love it yeah one day but um yeah I think a little bit of all of that is in there um but like if I had to pick like one genre to describe us I don't think I could because it's such like a weird amalgamation of all of those yeah I definitely feel it and listening to in the living room it's it's amazing because I I couldn't pin it if anybody asked me to either but that's what I love (laughs) about this record and Hmm. I think one of the things that really stood out to me was that it was just like this is probably the most fun record that's going to come out in 2019 easily (laughs) I'm glad that it's I'm glad that's what it is, because um, we had a lot of fun making it. Yeah? It was, uh, yeah, it was, I don't think we put too much pressure on ourselves for it, which felt really good. Like, a lot of it's, like, so absurd, um, <laughs> and I'm glad that it's, like, I'm glad that we don't come off as, like, trying to take it too seriously, because we definitely weren't. <laughs> like, it was, we wanted it to just be, like, for everyone, and fun, and listenable, and accessible 
I think like really accessibility to it is like probably our most important like goal. Definitely. And it felt like I was stepping into like, not only like a friendship circle that you clearly have with each other, but I also felt like I was just stepping into like one of your jam sessions at one point because mm-hmm. it was just like, it's just the the energy to it just felt so, even whenever it was maybe heavier subject matter, it still felt, you know, just fun. Like yeah. even in spite of any kind of negativity and like darker expression that you could be going through it's like but you're gonna be uplifted by what you're hearing and that was maybe that's the pop sensibility to it in that sense but it was amazing in that I loved it oh that's I'm (laughs) I'm so interested to see how it's received because I none of us have been able to have like any clue of what people are even going to think of it really like we get a general idea from like how people have reacted to the singles but Mm -hmm. it's like a whole other ball game when the rest of the album comes out because they're all, all the songs are, like, so different than each other, even within the record, so I guess we'll see. I'm, like, I've been really nervous about it. Really? <laughs> Everyone's been, uh, just the songs are so, they're on opposite ends of, like, a weird, loopy spectrum of, like, subject matter and, like, like I don't know. I'm, I'm excited, um, but I am nervous to see what people think about it. I've been noticing, like, my, I've been having to, like, relax my jaw, because it's been, like, (laughs) clenched in nervousness. Oh, no. When I'm, like, unobservant of, like, my, like, you know when you realize that your face has just been, like, squunched together all day? Yeah. And I was like, okay, I need to, like, take the time to relax my face right now, just (laughs) because it's so close to coming out, and it's been so we've been working on it for like all of this year and it's always seemed like months from now but now it's like a week from now it's coming out wow that's so exciting though um how long did you spend writing the record um I know Anderson had had a lot of the like guitar parts written for a while and and was just waiting for someone or I guess us to like write all of the parts over that like the vocal and the drum synth parts Mm -hmm. so I'm not sure when most of the songs were like initially demoed out but by the time probably I'd say like three-fourths of it was written was when I started like singing over it and then we wrote like the rest of it I guess it was really mostly all written last winter um like lyrically um and then it took just like a while. We did all the demos at my school in the recording studio. And then we like went to Philly and recorded the actual album with Scoops. Um, and I don't know, it was like a very, very long process that seemed like it took. Um, I feel like we we're still writing even as like the final versions were being recorded. And that was my concept of time is so weird, but I remember it being warm out when we were finishing it up. So maybe like six months ago. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but it's, it's been a long weird time that they've either been in the process of being written or just like start to finish. <laughs> no, that's cool though. That's, that's interesting. Um, so was this the first time you'd ever recorded music for this record? Um, like, 
was this record the first time I had recorded, like been recorded? Um, yes. I think we were, I was doing the first Wednesday album kind of, they overlapped a little bit, but yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, yeah. This is like my first time ever. Like all these, uh, sometimes I think about it and I'm like, I think about um, albums that people release. It's like their first thing, like, um, in high school or something, and now they would be really embarrassed about it, and I feel like my first thing I've ever written is, like, out <laughs> in this way that, like, because Pictures of Vernon kind of already has some attention, like, it's gonna get some attention, and so looking back on it, I hope I'm not, like, oh, geez, this is, like, the first lyrics I ever wrote, and, like, be embarrassed about them, but I have a feeling I'll be, like, satisfied in the long run, um, but yeah, it was definitely my first time, like, writing and having us having songs I was involved with come to fruition being recorded. It was, so much effort was put into this like first thing <laughs> that I've ever done. No, that's um, cool. That's an accomplishment yeah. at that point because it's like you know you had you had experienced people to kind of work with in that sense, but this is like a really well polished record. I'm really excited for everybody to hear it because I mean, this is going to be what I'm probably going to be talking about for most of the year, just because mm -hmm. it's just so dynamic in that sense. And it's really cool that you were able to have this be like this along with the Wednesday mm -hmm. stuff be your kind of first recordings over the last year. What do you think you learned from that experience? Oh gosh. Um, a million things. It's a, uh, Hmm. Probably just, like, in recording, it's hard knowing all of the different ways I've performed. Because when you perform live, there's a million emotions you could be feeling at the time. And whatever you're feeling at the time influences how you perform that song live. But the way it's recorded is the one version people are going to know forever. So you have to, like, figure out, like, what am I trying to feel as I'm, like, recording the final version of this song? Um, what am I going to – what is the lasting emotion I want this to hold? I think that's a lot of pressure, <laughs> um, trying to figure out um, how you want your voice to – like, what you want your voice to carry on a recording that yeah. I didn't even – I didn't even think about that before um, – yeah, like recording the final versions because it's so the songs sound different to me every time live. But I know on this album, that's just how they're gonna go down <laughs> forever. <laughs> so it's um, that was really interesting. Also, watching like Scoops, who like added a lot of the bells and whistles on the songs, work. I learned so much. I still, like, a lot of it is a mystery to me, like, how that works, but I learned a lot just watching him, like, exchange microphones within, like, the same song um, to get a certain effect on, like, yeah, and just, and I think, <clears throat> I know, like, tastefulness is, like, definitely not um, something we probably practice with this record, as much like this record has a lot of elements on it that are probably like almost like the opposite of tasteful <laughs> but like <laughs> I feel like tastefulness and like being really intentional with your decisions is another thing I've learned even though there's so many there's like so much crazy stuff going on in this 
record, I feel like we all, it was all very calculated at the same time. Like we chose things with a lot of um, discretion. Um, and that's like a process I really learned over this uh, like recording and all that. I love it. Well, that's so much that you can kind of take into consideration when you work on your next record or your next mm -hmm. pieces of music. That's a lot of really important lessons to carry and think about. Yeah. Um, I have to admit at one point when you were describing some of that with the tastefulness, what immediately popped in my head was, I hope this isn't a spoiler for the record for anybody, but <laughs> the tongue scraping. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. And yeah, I can take that out if you don't want this to be a spoiler, but oh my God. That's all I can think oh, of. No, no. As soon as you said that word, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of too. You can definitely do <laughs> this because I would, um, I don't know how that got in the song, but like for some reason, like <laughs> Anderson wrote these crazy lyrics. And instead of all of us being like, maybe, like, what? Like, what does this even mean? We're all just like, <laughs> yes, let's do it. Let's put it in there. Let's just, like, and it's, sometimes I listen to that song, and I'm like, I love it. It's insane. And sometimes I'm like, why did we do that? <laughs> and it's, like, so, that's, <laughs> that's, like, one of the, like, things I think most about. Some I either love that song or I hate that song sometimes because it's, like, the most ridiculous nonsensical thing but that's so important to have sometimes oh totally it's like you know I'm so that's the song I'm most curious to see how people react because it's so weird <laughs> I love it it was fun and it reminds me of like so many bands now are starting to sample themselves when they insert into like their music like pool kids did that they did a self-insert on their record and stuff that's like really like just super quirky and fun. And I love seeing yeah. bands do that in like their music is just insert something really fun. And I, I just like this, like I'm jamming and then casually there's just like really quirky, like infomercial style. Like, <laughs> thing going. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to write. I'm just going to go with this. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, Watching Anderson record that part was like so goofy. I really wanted them because Anderson's been also veering into this, like, stand-up comedy motivated kind of career path I think that's what they really want to do as well as music and so I wanted I think it's cool that that part of them is represented mm -hmm. somehow because that's such an important piece of their life and their personality um and I feel like it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been them if that part wasn't on there I love it yeah it's, it's like a beautiful like piece to kind of expose of self in that sense like I think that that was really cool and it was fun I like it and I'm excited <laughs> for everybody to hear this I feel like Carly and I are sitting here like exploring an inside joke that nobody else <laughs> here for like a week but I don't care it's fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'll uh when y'all hear it it's gonna be such a time <laughs> what was your favorite song on the record um, my favorite one is actually Floorboards, which is like the acoustic one. I love um, it. Me and, oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad because it's definitely like, I think that one's best representative of something I would write start to finish. Like, 
and the way it was recorded is like my favorite way to record like me and Daniel sat in his room and um basically I opened this book I was reading it's like a Tom Robbins book Mm -hmm. and he played chords and I just sang whatever I was reading in the book over the chords and we record that was like the second take and then we're like all right guess that one's done and it's just like a really like easygoing way to record I guess and um also just the instrumentation on that one like with slide slide guitar is like my favorite instrument and we had our friend Zandy play on that one um or lap steel um and I don't know I think that one that one does it for me I think it's our most emotional song too even though it's not really about anything but there's like because the lyrics are so are still like all of the lyrics on the whole album are absurd but and those aren't an exception but the mood on that one I think mm-hmm. is I think you can feel kind of like that like sweet s- sadness <laughs> I don't know that's how I felt singing it um I think that's my favorite one I think we all have different favorites, though. Like, if you ask anyone else in the band, they would say something else. Like, that's definitely not a unanimous thing. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. That kind of lends to your tastes in that sense, then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. I also think that you just found your band's genre, Sweet Sadness. (laughs) Oh. Oh. I'm into that, honestly. (laughs) That's how it it feels, like, 100% of the time. Um just that's yeah that's how life feels I think it's uh and I think it's cool to be able to capture that in any 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 way at all even slightly because it's such a weird feeling but it's a valuable one definitely that's something I can say right now I I love that and I feel it in so many of your songs and it's it's definitely exciting for me to just continue to unpack and enjoy that Mm -hmm. um so one of the things that has kind of come out as you've been starting to kind of uh, unleash your record is the music video for Detox Island. I thought mm-hmm. it was so much fun looking. <laughs> like, I think, did you have a blast recording that? Yeah, it was, um, it was a long day, but it was a really fun day. And we also, we had like this like kind of tiny little budget and we weren't sure how to spend it. And so we just like went to the Halloween store and got all this like random stuff. And we were just like, let's like keep the pressure on ourselves, like really down and use this terrible camera um, that Anderson had. (laughs) um, Yeah. I also video like is something I do like videography is something I do in my spare time a lot. Yeah. So being able to do that um, was really fun because that's, like, I definitely don't just want to be a musician. I want to have, like, that intertwined with me the whole way. So the fact that I was able to do that was, like, so choice. And that was really fun. The balloons were probably the funnest part of that. Because yeah. we were just, like, laying on the floor under each other, like, trying to keep all of them in the air. I love it. Yeah, I saw at one point they would just, like, pop up in, into your <laughs> face as you were kind of singing and stuff. And it looked like it was just... Y'all must have just been goofing off the whole time. <laughs> it was definitely, yeah, we were not taking it too seriously at all in the manner of everything we do, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like the way that you directed and staged this video is just like, it felt like what it would be like to hang out with 
all four of you, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get into some shenanigans. It was, <laughs> it was funny. I felt, yeah, we went to this like um, abandoned mall for part of it and it was closed, but I couldn't help thinking of like, just like my, I wasn't quite mall goth, but like <laughs> kind of like hot topic era of myself just with like the like like sitting in a shopping cart and being like pushed around would have been something that would have I would have <laughs> I like that that was a thing that came to fruition <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I was so I was glad to access that kind of uh time in my life <laughs> just like the really goofy random mall gosh <laughs> phase <laughs> that's awesome yeah I feel like that ties into so much of y'all wanting to have this record feel accessible because that just felt like something that like anybody would have done, whether it's a teenager or as an adult, just to have fun, just go do goofy stuff, like go get really fun, goofy masks and like play in balloons and like just have fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was a good time. I I think that's what all of us are trying to, we're like all very nostalgic people like romantic people I think we're we're all kind of like really just want to like we all have like this deep envy of our childhood lives <laughs> that we all try <laughs> to like access from time to time I think that was definitely in there too uh just wanting to be kind of like kids again <laughs> kind of stuff I love it well that's fun I'm glad you got to do that for a music video that's really awesome yeah so, you know, with this record coming out this Friday, um, what is something that you really want to have your listeners get out of listening to in the living room? Um, I have no idea. Honestly, I, I love what you were saying about what you were feeling listening to it. Honestly, just like um, people having fun with it would be nice because that's what we were yeah actually what you were saying about people feeling involved in our or like our friendship mm-hmm. I think is what we most want to accomplish like we want people to feel like this music involves them with I guess us as people because that's what we are trying to like translate most readily like like I want um I think I think it would be nice if people listen to this and would be like, I want to like hang out with these people. <laughs> <'Cause> like, <laughs> I think, um, we don't want people to be like, wow, like we worship musicians. We want to like be their biggest fan. Like, no, like I want to be their fan. I want to be their friend, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of what I was saying about earlier, just like yeah, accessibility, um, not only to us as like not only to our music but to us as people um I guess just like love (laughs) I want everyone to feel loved that listens to this because I hope that translates like with our friendship with each other into that feeling because we just felt like so like I don't know there's so much love in this record just within like the writing I just remember feeling this like I don't know how to describe it. This, like, I guess because it was written in winter, there's, like, this warmth coming from, like, inside. This sounds, like, so hallmarky, But, like, this warmth, <laughs> warmth coming, like, inside of, like, 
I don't know. We're just trying to create warmth within each other through mm-hmm. our friendship in spite of it being like so cold and sad outside. And I guess if that translates at all, we would have like accomplished what we wanted to. I would say a hundred percent. Absolutely. That's happening. And you know, this, this if for anybody who's feeling really cold and sad right now, this winter, this is going to be the cure. <laughs> I think it really is. Jeez. Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I'm one of the people that's had the pleasure of seeing y'all play together live, um, especially with like that tour last year with pictures of Vernon. And um, I'm sure that you'll have other stuff coming up, but what would you kind of describe your live show as to somebody who maybe hasn't seen you yet? Hmm. I think it really depends on our energy level. <laughs> Cause like midway through the tour, a show is going to be very different than the beginning or the end. Um, sure. But um I think (laughs) I've been told I like okay I've been playing with my back turned to the audience more recently um because I love watching my bandmates play yeah um and I think I hope that's not like (laughs) off-putting but it's just like (laughs) what I prefer to do so that's been where I'm kind of at because I love watching watching Daniel play and sing at the same time it's been like so entertaining to me since I was in high school seeing pictures of Vernon play oh yeah like from the audience and then Anderson just does I mean you've seen how Anderson plays like and Brody too they dance while they play it's Um, amazing and it's so fun yeah and and I love making eye contact with all of them so that's something I really like is really important to me so I think we all like to like have like a little circle (laughs) while we're playing yeah Um, We've been getting on the ground for uh, when we play cult live. Oh, um, awesome. Sometimes I feel like I want to be just like laying down the whole <laughs> set usually, but that's like the one time I actually give it to myself to do that. Um, in a perfect world, I'd just be on the floor the whole time. Um, <laughs> and then, I don't know, It's it can be high energy. Um, Actually, no, I would say it's always high energy because we always get really excited yeah. <laughs> about it. But um, it, it definitely depends how the audience is like interacting with us, too. I think we feed a lot out of the crowd, um, especially with. Um, there's, we almost do like too much banter sometimes, like we talk a little bit too much. Also during our sets, like Anderson always goes into like some joke telling stuff. And I always tell like these really long winded, dumb stories. <laughs> stage so that's definitely part of it um but yeah it's a lot of jumping around mostly <laughs> I would say that's fun I love that though and I like that you kind of see one of you at a time just kind of like taking it to the next level it feels like with energy I feel like particularly Anderson's really good at like kicking it up like okay here's <laughs> more here's more <laughs> it's so much fun yeah Brody does that too honestly yeah yeah both of them I think Daniel would be too if he wasn't sitting. Like, yeah, not behind a kit. Yeah. It would be like everybody just like pogoing off of each other. It's, it's great. Yeah. yeah. I think we get excited for when we know like a really heavy part is coming. And then when it <laughs> does, it really like explodes because you can see how excited they're getting that it's about to happen. It's yep. like, so I like that about them playing too. I usually... <laughs> I don't know. I have no, I always like, whenever I look at video of me performing, I'm always like, is that what I'm actually doing up there? I'm like completely unaware of myself when I'm on stage. (laughs) Um, 
And I'm pretty sure I'm really uncool up there, which I think is like the best thing for a musician to be on stage, like being really uncool when it comes to like your movements and like your like, like <laughs> just, uh, I just hate like too, too cool for school stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think being like really like overly goofy sometimes is like the best <laughs> but it's like sometimes really I get embarrassed when I watch like footage of myself but I'm like ultimately I'm like okay this is just who I am I gotta just accept it I just gotta accept it well owning yourself <laughs> and owning the fun you're having is just that's what makes it contagious into the crowd then so yeah <laughs> hopefully <laughs> Definitely from what I've seen. And I'm excited for more and more people to be exposed to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so you've had a little bit of experience doing a little bit of touring and like playing different spaces and stuff. Do you have any favorite places to play locally in Asheville or on tour? Um, mm -hmm. I love playing our, um, honestly, anytime we have like a bill with like any of our friends bands, it doesn't matter where we are really for that. Um, but I always love it. Like anytime we get to uh, play with I Feel Okay, which has been a few times um, in Albany, has really been great. Just having, playing any shows with Zach, it's like, I just feel so at home uh, with them and all of their friends. And awesome. I feel like Alb the Albany scene is like, based off of what I've seen there, is most similar to the Asheville scene. Mm -hmm. In that it's like, the Asheville like house shows can get like really, it's really just like a, party kind of thing like uh, uh and they get really nuts I guess because it's our hometown but I love playing house shows in Asheville and I also work at this venue the Moth Light and yeah. I love playing there as well um just all the staff there is like the sweetest and there's like they're like that's like every band that comes in too it's like not just because I work there as well um and then yeah I think the Asheville scene can be interesting but usually like ultimately like we'll throw like a good show depending I don't know it's such like a mixed bag I, I think feel, yeah. everywhere else is but definitely definitely that can yeah. be the case but that's really cool I still love a good house show too so that's got to be yeah. so much fun then whenever you have all your friends together too yeah yeah for sure so I always like to throw in this really fun question here at the end of every interview. Um, so if you could play with any three bands, solo artists, what have you, um, they can be currently active or bring them back from the dead. Uh, oh yeah. And this can be kind of your own like mini showcase or festival. Who would they be? Oh my gosh. I wish I had like a million hours to think of the answer to this. Um, <laughs> Off the top of my head, I mean, I feel like, like I was saying, like, if there's nothing like playing with, like, your friends and watching your friends kind of play, so, like, my obvious go-to would be, like, <clears throat> not because of, like, <laughs> just I would want to play with people that, like, inspire me in that way, so it'd be, like, P-Daddy and Kissippi, who we play with all the time, which is amazing that, like, <laughs> that's, um like my dream lineup, but it's, I always feel so good at those shows. That's um, awesome. Yeah. But um, yeah, like the Jessica Mayfield, who I talked about earlier, I don't like, I think she's one of, like the most unappreciated artist, <laughs> like, of, like ever. It's like, she's like, 
she's like the inspiration for like most of my music. I would like die to play with her. Yeah. Um, and then, um, I don't know. And also my favorite band like ever is this band in Asheville called Space Heater. Yeah. I played one show with them too. They're just like, and like seven piece, like absurd. I don't know. There's like so many answers to that question. Uh, this is like not a very consolidated answer. That's and okay. Also, <laughs> okay. Um, and then this band Wednesday just went on tour with MJ Lenderman. They're like my favorite musicians of all time as well. And they're my peers. So like playing a million shows with them would be like always fun. Um, I guess that's my answer. Just like a combination of all of like those elements into a lineup. Honestly, that show with the Wooly during Fest was, like... <laughs> that was stacked. That was insane. Yeah, that was a really... I felt really good there. Um, but, yeah, there's, like, a million answers to that question, but I guess that's mine for now. I love it, though, because it's, like, that just shows how much you really love your peers playing alongside them, and, like, I feel like, if anything, whenever you have those kind of friends, like, things like a Fest lineup, like, at that venue are kind of, I feel like, for so many people, the dream. It's just yeah. to play with your friends on that lineup. So yeah. I yeah, love it. That one, yeah. There's nothing like it. For That's sure. for sure. Yeah. Well, you have a very big year ahead, I think, with In the Living Room coming out. What are some goals or some things you'd like to see happen this year? Um, well, first I got to graduate. That's like probably <laughs> – that's like <laughs> – main priority honestly right now because then once I graduate like all bets are off like I definitely want to be like we're going I can't like say what we're doing officially yet but like we're going on like a really dope tour with one of our friends and then um I don't know we're like there's demos out for the Wednesday stuff right now that I'm trying to get like figured out there's like so much I just want to keep putting stuff out there like all year I want to, like, not slow my roll at all. Um, but when it comes to um, any other goals, I mean, we're probably going to start writing another record soon. I think all of us are too restless to stop now. So I love it. Uh, that's probably going to be the next thing. I think we're all trying to figure out how to live in one place. That's the one, that's the one other factor. It's kind of discombobulated right now because half of us live in Greensboro, half of us live in Nashville. Or just, I guess, just me lives in Nashville now because Daniel graduated and moved back to Greensboro. Gotcha. Um, so getting back together, kind of like making like a foundation of, I guess, new songs. We're going to be playing a lot. So that's probably going to be like the main thing. Um, I guess we'll take it as it comes. I can never predict what's going to happen in a year. Yeah. It's, this year was like the craziest year of my life. So. I, I can't even begin to imagine what this next one's going to be like. Uh, I'll take whatever uh gives me, I think. And that'll be, I think, hopefully I'll be satisfied with that. I think that's the, that's the scariest thing being like the, like, is this it factor mm-hmm. with playing music? Like if you make a goal, sometimes you get there and you're like, you can't even appreciate it by the time it's there. So I'm going in with not much expectation, hopefully. And just, trying to take it as it comes well awesome that's a really great attitude to have toward a really exciting year and it's it sounds like there's gonna be a lot of opportunity ahead and I'm sure you're gonna do great finishing up school so (laughs) thanks do you have just like a semester left or a year 
Uh, so semester, this semester, it starts, yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like so ugh, about it, but it'll be, it'll be a long time, like a long semester, but once I'm done, I'm just going to be that much more motivated to like pour my whole being into making music, I think. I love it. Well, all the best of luck with all of your studies, as well as all the things that are ahead with Diva Sweetly and Wednesday. Um, where can everybody keep up with you online? Um, I think I just made an Instagram for Diva Sweetly like yesterday because we realized we hadn't done that yet. So I think it's uh, at Diva Sweetly Band on Instagram. I think we have, I'm not really sure what we're doing that in that <laughs> vein. We're all, we've all been like so, um, there was a while when we were like, we're just not going to make any social media and people are going to have no idea who we are. But as like the record release started coming up and people were like, who actually are these people? We were like, maybe we should, we should do something about that. So <laughs> <laughs> I know, um, I think we have an okay Twitter presence. I think Anderson does most of that, but yeah, I've seen Twitter's that. Twitter's probably the best, um, thing for that. Um, yeah, I would say that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen your music will be popping up everywhere starting Friday especially but if you can't wait there's singles on Apple Music and Spotify I believe and all those oh, yeah. outlets Bandcamp yeah. mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. sweet well everybody's gonna have to make sure they check out Diva Sweetly ASAP and if you haven't heard Wednesday get on it and yeah thanks so much for joining Carly thank you so much for having me it was great
You just heard Diva Sweetly. Thank you so much to Carly for joining and sharing so much of herself and her experiences in independent music. It really lends to so much of what you will hear in the album In the Living Room, which is available January 18th on all streaming platforms through Seal Mountain Records. Special thank you to Jamie Coletta of No Earbuds for making this interview possible. If you haven't checked out No Earbuds yet, be sure to follow Jamie's playlist and check out her site. Jamie's bringing us so much important independent music and really has her finger on the pulse of DIY. Follow her to find out about the next great indie band first. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angergirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work, and let's chat. Let's round out the episode with one last premiere, that being Slow Jam Education, which exposes a softer, melodic side of Diva Sweetly's record. I love the vocal range that is explored by Carly in the song, and it's one that had me declare Diva Sweetly the experts in switch-ups, surprises, and everything in sound and playfulness. You'll see why once you hear it. So I'll stop gushing now and play education. Until next time, stay angry and try something new this week.
Psychological or dietary problems. Tongue Knife LLC does not endorse scraping your own tongue with a knife. Get yours today with 0% down, 0% APR over the next 48 years. Tongue Knife will not make anyone like you more. I have to make that clear.